Uh, it's my great honour to welcome to the show now the pioneer of Australian sports tech. He is the founder, the chairman, the CEO of Australian Sports Technologies Network, James Dimitriou. Welcome to the show, James. Uh, it's good to be here, Lockie. Uh, it's great to have you on. Now, uh, we've got a lot to discuss. There is so much happening in the industry in this country. But before that, I want to chat just a little bit about yourself and and your story and, and what drives you. Um, now, growing up in Pasco Vale, playing cricket, playing footy, and then a very special day on the 5th of April, Saturday the 5th of April, 1975, you put on the Essendon jumper, taken on St Kilda at Windy Hill in front of 20,000 raving Essendon supporters. Uh, you had a big win that day, 69 points. But to make your debut as a league footballer, a dream come true. You got 16 touches, I see. And then things were coming along beautifully. The following year, injury cruelly cut down your career. It was, I mean, something that these days you'd think is unthinkable. Uh, you know, there was a sprinkler sticking up on Waverley Park. You fall over, you break your leg. And But the way you were able to turn that sort of adversity around and spend the next 30 or 40 years carving out the most magnificent career, a lawyer out of Melbourne University, and then in the corporate sector, the philanthropic sector, you've achieved so much. Um, James, what drives you? Um, uh, probably the most important thing, that, um, which are the values that my mum and dad sort of gave to us, is that, you know, you need to give back. It's about, you know, um, they have a great appreciation of Australia and what it, how it helped them and helped us. And so the, I know my mum always used to talk about, you know, it's very important to get educated, but also for you to give back and, um, you know, provide assistance to people. I mean, that was just driven into our DNA. Mm. And if you look at the whole family, they've sort of been driven by that. Um so I think our values were driven around respect for institutions, respect for people, being able to give back and to also uh, fix wrongs. Mm. Our parents were really big on if there's something that's glaringly not going well or people are really doing the wrong thing, you really should step up. And so uh, after I you know, finished my career in you know, football, and then went on to the board at the Essendon Football Club, you know, for a couple of years. That was about fixing up a whole bunch of governance issues they had. Mm. And then um, I sort of got out of the football scene for a while and then just ploughed into my technology background and and being in company startup land. But in 2006, I got approached by the Victorian government because I knew George Lukakis very well at the Victorian Multicultural Commission. Mm. And he said to me, James, we've got all these newly arrived Australians who are not uh, involved in sport. And I'm thinking, well, that was the problems we had in the 60s and 70s. I mean, mm -hmm. I was fortunate because my brothers and I were really good at our cricket and football and, and a bit of tennis. Mm. Um, but, you know, um, when I heard that there was – and we had, but we had a lot of people fall through the cracks and never, ever mm -hmm. played sport. To hear it in 2006 was a shock because I'm thinking, you know – 30 years later, we've still got this issue where mm. it's, it's you know, sport is a privilege, not a right of Australian children now. So that's what got me into sports. Our boys, so I'm going to fix this. And so, you know, we got all these scholarships for these kids, equipment, paid their fees, uh, fat, tens of thousands of kids. And we also got their parents involved in the clubs themselves as volunteers. So mm. we used to call that the SITS program, Social Inclusion Through Sport. So Beautiful. that was fixing a problem mm. to ensure that there's a legacy for kids, you know, to be able to 
enjoy one of the great things about Australia. You know, the because we're geographically we're outdoors, we've got all these great sporting facilities and room, etc. I just I just couldn't stomach it. So we did that for ten years. Um, we were ahead of our time because everyone talks about racism now and you know inclusion now. So, by God, we were doing that in two thousand and six, mm. and we did it so well. And so when I hear people talk about racism and everything else, I think, well, you're you're about fifteen years too late. Mm-hmm. And that includes all the big institutions, etc. So that was an example of where back. And then with the sports tech, it was a very similar story. I sort of started doing a bit of consulting with some of the sports tech companies and realised that this sector is fragmented. There's no leadership. There's no advocacy. There's no pathway for companies. So I thought, well, here you go. We go into it again. You know, we go and do a, another Mount Everest. You know, we start <laughs> climbing that. And that's how. So. That's what's the drive for us. And um, plus, I think as migrant kids, you know, because you're, you know, it's it wasn't easy. I mean, we get, you know, you either as a migrant kid get crushed by mm-hmm. the insults and the, the racism and the other bits and pieces that were delivered to us by people, you know, at school or whatever. Mm-hmm. You either take it on board and you just don't fight back or you fight back. And so we said this wasn't right. And we just, so I think we, we like to wrong, right wrongs, if you like. Yeah, bloody oath. That's magnificent. People like you, big vision and big heart. That's it's the key. Hey, speaking of which, big vision, sports tech, you know, where are we headed? You've been at this for about a decade and you've grown and helped to grow and foster a billion dollar industry. Where are we going next? Uh, well, what we're doing next, um, you know, after building it from 250 million and two and a half thousand jobs in 212 to now end of 221.2 billion and about 15,000 jobs, our our job now is to get another 2,000 jobs into it, into Australia, into Victoria, and probably another three or four thousand across Australia. And then the other thing is to gener- help help and facilitate the industry because it we're here as advocates advocacy we're here to sort of facilitate grease the wheels and ensure that we can help our industry is to try and get to two billion maybe by i reckon 2025 26 we might go close if not it'll be 2030 for sure Mm. and then of course we're leading up to the 2032 olympics and that is you know if you look at our 11 year goal that's what it will be is you know what do we leave as a legacy leading up and leading after the Olympics with our industry on the Australian population and also how our people will be able to affect people globally. So so it's very important that we sort of are there to be able to drive that agenda over the next uh, 10 to 11 years. We've got some very good staff, very good board now. Um, we've got the uh, hub now based in Melbourne, in, in, in Richmond and Cremorne, as part of the Victorian government's digital hub. But as the Victorian government people have told us on many occasions, and they're big, and when you look at it, the Victorian government has really sunk close to, with this grant, $9 million to back the industry. Yeah. And we've delivered probably for the government another four to five hundred million of generated revenue for the Victorian, and then put another probably five to six thousand jobs into Victoria. So our job now is that we've got a node going into Queensland, so we're now working heavily with Queensland, and we've won a, uh, actually, last week, we won a contract with the Queensland government in what they call their Active Kit Program, which is effectively our pre-accelerator program that we've done in Victoria, 
putting it into Queensland. And we, I've just got the numbers this morning. And so we've uh, a bit. Uh, uh, Martin was Martin Schlegel, who has been our you know, program manager, has just told me. So so far, we got 16 into this cohort in Victoria, and they're coming from Germany, three from Germany, yeah. and Western Australia and New South Wales. And the Queensland one has just picked up 15 candidates, and so that's that's going to start rolling very soon. So um, Queensland is going to become a very big focus for us over the next um, oh, 10 years. Mm. And then we'll build the eastern seaboard and and you know and WA New Zealand over the next few years, uh, but Queensland big base got 80, 80 companies up there we're working with, working very closely with the you know the Queensland government. One of our board members has worked very closely with the twenty thirty two bid as well, mm. and in the background he's working very closely with you know, a number of our people up there that we know to assist them building an important sports tech legacy mm. for the state and for the country, you know, going forward. And James, with regards to what you're doing, the Australian Sports Innovation Centre of Excellence in Cremorne, um, off the back of, uh, you know, some wonderful funding from the Victorian government, can you tell us what you'll be doing there? Well, for a number of years, we've really wanted to have some sort of a physical hub yeah. that would be a one-stop shop for our industry. So, but with the with the objective that we would create out of there um, the next generation of um, knowledge mm. and working much more closely with universities and researchers to create more new knowledge, new knowledge. And then out of that, to be able to develop some more new programs and education to make our industry better than what it is, because yeah. you need to sort of follow that pathway. And then out of that, you're going to hope that we're going to have a whole generation of new products. So really, that facility will allow us to, to do all of that. And our programs are really going to be everything from startup mentoring, scale-up mentoring, co-working space, increasing our export and trade from our through our programs, um, collaboration, meetup space, also a place where in, uh, international companies and investors can have a landing pad to be with us. Uh, uh, knowledge through a sports directory, increasing that. Uh, knowledge through industry research and sector reporting, which we've never had the time to really do much. Mm. Global advocacy, uh, training and certifications and working with our universities and also the TAFE College that is, is at Cremorne, which is Kangan Institute, and across smart apparel and footwear, motorsports, you know, and all of those sort of areas and their strong digital background. Um, and also look at future industries, you know, that, that we might be able to develop using a living laboratory, which we're going to have there as well. Okay. And then talking about what new research we can develop from there. So overall, this is the next big frontier for us to be able to have a centre that will create all these new stuff. Because what we really need to do by 2032, we need to be have developed a whole lot of new knowledge, new programs, and then a whole lot of really great Australian companies with new products. Now, that's in startup land, but also we've got a lot of really, um, we got some really fast emerging companies now that are coming in that mm. have sort of got to 5 million. We want them to go from 5 to 25, those at 10 to go to 50, and those at sort of 25 to go to 100 mil. We need to also support those up-and-coming, you know, Goliaths by 
you know, getting them to sort of work with or collaborate with startups as well. Hey, you're a big vision person. I want to ask you, you know, with the nature of economics, obviously, uh, you know, Australia continuing to move away from the original, you know, the manufacturing base. Obviously, we're transitioning away from fossil fuels. How big do you see sports tech as a driver for our economy? Yes, to 2032, but beyond and deep into this century. So I think it's very important that people realise that sports tech is really an intersection between, you know, the information communication technology industry, the defence industry, the aged care industry, the health industry. So we intersect with a lot of other industries. And I suppose what it is to us is the impact of technology on the business of sport. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at our taxonomy, you know, a, a classification way of looking at it, we're all driven by social, cultural, environmental, governance and um, uh, geographic things that drive every economy. They're the sort of, if you like, the top line things that we're doing. Underneath that, you've got all this new technical applications coming in, blockchain, AI, cyber, data integrity, VR, AR, 5G. All of these things are now sort of as the new technologies. And Mm. then how are they going to be applied down into the business of sport? So you're going to be looking at integration. How do all these things integrate? I mean, we now know that in the health system, there's 90 to 135 different platforms within health industries how do you integrate all that you know how do you automate all this how do you and there's also globalization that you know fans now for a a sport now all over the world like you know barcelona or man city or you know liverpool my team um there's the professionalization we're getting some really high quality startups now who are academic backgrounds strong research background with deep technology uh and then and then across that, you've got all these issues now facing us, you know, betting, corruption, um, environmental, social governance we need to be very aware of now going forward. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to then apply all of that to the nine verticals of sports tech, you know, which is media, broadcast, entertainment, um, stadiums, venues, uh, brand sponsorships, smart apparel, footwear, ticketing, fans, membership, esports, gaming, wearables, fitness, wellness, and health, all of that. So I've read many reports, but the best one is Sports Techie out of the mag- the magazine, online magazine out of the United States. In yeah. 2012, they were saying that the, the sports tech industry or the technology in the business of sport was $200 billion then. Sheesh. Now, yeah. if you throw in what China's been doing, because China's now spending 2.5% of its GDP – like America on sport, you throw in another two to three hundred billion in the U- in China over the next mm-hmm. five years, and everything else. You've got a big industry. It certainly is. And um, look, James, uh, thank you so much for your time and your insight. Uh, I can't wait to hear more from yourself and your team at ASTN on the show. Uh, James Demetrio, thank you very much for your time. 